District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. The winners of the inaugural Virginia Elk Tag Lottery were announced on Friday. And I will reveal the status of my application there and what that will do for conservation. And we're going to briefly dive into President Biden's comments on ballistics, his feelings on 9mm rounds, and Canada's recent move to make gun rights a lot more difficult up there. And what the implications of that are to ban handguns of the semi-automatic nature, which is duplicitous because we know that handguns are semi-automatic in nature. On Friday afternoon, the Department of Wildlife Resources, our renamed agency here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, announced the winners, five winners, of the inaugural Virginia elk hunt that is taking place this October in southwestern Virginia in the elk management zone, which contains three counties. We've talked at length about those three counties, elk reintroduction efforts, and why this hunt is accumulation of the tireless efforts, decades upon decades of work, attributed to private property landowners, elk conservationists, department officials, and other volunteers who made this possible. And a hunt is a culmination usually of those efforts. So the elk have reached a number. I believe there are 400 individuals, and that was a threshold for determining whether or not to commence an elk lottery. And those thresholds were met because the elk are reproducing at healthy numbers and the conditions are ideal for such. And I think there were over 30,000 people from in and outside of Virginia who applied. I was one of them, my dad too, and a few other friends of mine I know, personally speaking, from in and outside of the Commonwealth. And I was not selected, unfortunately, but that's how these events are. And it's a lot of applicants, so your likelihood of winning are pretty slim. But I believe according to initial information, I can include the broadcast for you guys to watch if you're curious, but all of the winners, if I'm not mistaken, are from within Virginia, five of them, and there is a sixth tag, if you don't know, that is being offered by our state chapter of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and I think you'll have until mid-August to apply for that tag to enter into a chance for the conservation tag portion that was laid out by the management plan. And this is what Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources says on Facebook. Thank you to everyone who participated this year. The winners of the randomized computer drawing are being notified directly. There's still one more opportunity to be a part of this inaugural event. RMEF is raffling off a special conservation license, which is a six special elk license that is separate from the five elk hunting licenses that were available through the general random lottery. The proceeds from the raffle of this special elk hunting license will be returned to wildlife-related habitat or wildlife management practices within the elk management zone. Learn more about the different available price packages and the entry deadline at RMEF. And I think it is mid-August. So let it see what that deadline is. And you have until August 13th, Saturday, August 13th, 2022 at 3 p.m., and it's going to be an online raffle. So if you're curious and you felt like you missed your shot at applying for the general license, you can do so. And I think one ticket for the Conservation Elk Tag Raffle, the basic one, is $50. That's not too bad. It's a lot higher than what you paid 
for entering into the lottery. It was 15 for residents and 20 for non-residents. So if you want a shot at winning another elk tag with the one remaining one, you can do so. So find all those details at the show notes. I hope you guys endeavor to look more at that. And like I said, while I'm bummed I didn't win, I will enter next year and who knows what will happen. And if you win, actually, I explained before, this year and you go through with it, you are not eligible for, I think, three years because they want to make it fair so that people are not uh, unfairly getting privileges to do it. So there's no points being accrued for the initial years. It's very different from Kentucky and Pennsylvania. So we're not having a point accrual system here. So to make it increasingly easier for people to win and to not have duplicative winners every year. Let's talk about President Biden's comments on 9mm ammunition and also what is happening in Canada about their latest efforts to restrict gun rights further. And you see what's going on in Canada and you see a lot of gun control advocates want that replicated here, which would be dangerous. And I feel very bad for my Canada friends that they're having their Second Amendment rights further infringed upon. And we have to look at the case study of Canada and say that is potentially where we could head if I would say one inch is given. And let me preface my opposition to new gun control restrictions with this. I think no matter where you fall on the gun issue, you're in support of the Second Amendment like I am, or you support gun control. I don't know anyone who wasn't affected or very empathetic with what happened in Uvalde, Texas. No one celebrates these horrific events. The firearms industry works to prevent criminals from obtaining guns. And nobody wants to see soft targets, whether they're in elementary schools or in shopping centers. And I think that's largely the fault of media for portraying everyone who owns guns as complicit in these mass shooting events. Whether or not you have strong feelings about the NRA, the NRA is not as strong as it used to be. The NRA and people who belong to the NRA have nothing to do with the mass shooting in Uvalde. That's an illusory correlation, and that's dishonest, a very unfounded claim to make. And unsurprisingly, a lot of people are using these horrific shootings, such as that that broke out in Uvalde and also in Buffalo, New York, to, of course, push an agenda, not really attacking the root problem of mass shootings. And when you have the president utter blatant misinformation about firearms and ballistics, one can't help but have to respond in kind. And he said over the weekend, I think it was yesterday, President Biden said the following remarks, and I'm reading this from Fox News. He said, they said a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lung and we can probably get it out. Maybe able to get it and save the life. A nine millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body, he said. So the idea of these high caliber weapons is uh, there's simply no rational basis for it in terms of self-protection and hunting. Remember, the Constitution was never absolute. You couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was passed, Biden added. You couldn't go out and purchase a lot of weaponry. And actually, responding to the cannon comment, Jonathan Turley, a professor at George Washington University, has said that that claim is actually erroneous and has been greatly debunked even by Washington Post. And if you're comparing ballistics, I think anyone who has gone shooting, and again, he again attaches the Second Amendment to hunting, which there's no connection between the two. The only connection between firearms and hunting are the funding mechanisms that are facilitated by the Pittman-Robertson Act. But Second Amendment is not a guarantor of hunting. There are separate right to hunt and fish protections that individual states have passed, but there is no constitutional, let's say, protection relating to hunting and Second Amendment. It's about protecting yourself against the threat of tyranny, not supposed to guard your right to hunt. That has to be completely debunked. And few in the media are challenging this. Only 
those of us who have some familiarity with farms and very, very few in mainstream media sources have the gall to refute this. But when you hear him say this, you cannot help but shudder. Anyone who has been around firearms, I've been around firearms enough to know different ballistics, different caliber types. I've used different bullet sizes and diameters for hunting and shooting sports. So I can kind of comment on this. I'm not an expert by any means, but I understand the basics and I want to help you guys understand the basics too. A nine millimeter bullet, when it's leaving, let's say it's exiting a target or exiting an animal, the impact is not as great as let's say a 45 caliber bullet. That's something people have to account for. So for the president to claim that this will have ruinous effects and take out your lung, it's pretty crazy because these bullets are used primarily for target shooting. In some states, they do allow people to go handgun shooting for certain species. Not every state allows that. Of course, you have to look to see what your regulations are. But most people are using 9mm bullets for target shooting with handguns. So to me, does this say that, okay, it's not just the AR-15s or the Armalite rifles that they're targeting. Are they going to go after 9mm handguns? My understanding of his comments lead me to believe that it's not just AR-15s they're going to go after. They haven't been able to define what an assault weapon is. An assault weapon is largely a fully automatic rifle or fully automatic pistol or whatever. Most cases, it's very impossible to procure a fully automatic firearm in the United States. You have to go through a lot of hoops. They're not readily available to the public. But what they deliberately do, in addition to saying that gun control is gun safety, which it's not, it's largely obfuscated and masked in this nice package, but it really is confiscatory in nature. It's not about safety. It's about removing these different products from market and making it harder for people to practice safe and responsible gun use when they're calling for prohibition of AR-15s and now what can be assumed as nine millimeter handguns in this case. So when they're communicating this misinformation I don't see people coming around to supporting more gun control measures, especially in wake of horrific mass shootings. People are going to see this and say, well, he doesn't know how to define an assault weapon. He is basically saying he's open to banning commonly owned weapons like handguns. And I'm not going to trust the president on firearms policy. And you want to know why? Do you guys remember in 2013 his comments about his view of gun safety and what he recommends you do. So in an interview with Field and Stream in 2013, when he was vice president, he recommended this. If you want to keep someone away from your house, just fire the shotgun through the door. And hearing advice like that, combined with his comments that nine millimeter rounds are corresponding with assault weapons, no one is going to take him at face value seriously. And they shouldn't because he's unserious. They're not serious about attacking the root causes of mass shootings. And it's not the weapon, it's the individuals behind the different shooting events. Justin Trudeau is going to be introducing a law to freeze handgun sales and ban lookalike toys. I wouldn't be surprised if certain Democrats here who are anti-gun in nature will look to Canada to have an inspiration to ban most commonly owned firearms in this country. So... According to Reuters, they say that Canada's government introduced legislation money to implement a, quote, national freeze on the sale and purchase of handguns as part of a gun control package that would also limit magazine capacities and ban some toys that look like guns. The new legislation, which resurrects some measures that were shelved last year amid a national election, comes just a week after a gunman killed 19 children and two teachers in their classroom in Ovalde, Texas. 
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau told reporters that new measures were needed as gun violence was increasing. Quote, we need to look south of the border to know that if we do not take action firmly and rapidly, it gets worse and worse and gets more difficult to counter, he said. They claim, according to this report, that the handgun freeze would contain exceptions, including for elite sports shooters, Olympic athletes, and security guards. Canadians who own what handguns would be allowed to keep them. <laughs> that is quite sinister to read, but unsurprising because Canada does not have a Second Amendment. They also don't have a First Amendment. And I don't think we should be looking to Canada for inspiration on this front. And I feel very bad for Canadians who are being punished for the actions of wrongdoers and they're having their rights further restricted. And I don't think that's a good case study to look at. And it's really going to harm Canadians' right to self-protection. And so let's not look to Canada in this instance. And then, of course, rhetoric is extremely important. So if Canada is proposing this, I have no doubt Democrats here in the States will look to Canada and say, see, look what they're doing. We have to do this too. We're going to break down ballistics, current events, responses to Biden's rhetoric and claims, and also what Canada is doing with Ava Flanell. Sometime this week, look out for our episode on that. I figured it would be great to have a firearms instructor to help break this down a bit more because I can talk about this. I can read articles for you guys, but I want people in the industry to speak for themselves and to highlight what the implications of this rhetoric and also these potential policies would be and how they would not address the root causes of mass shooting. So look out for our interview with Ava Flanell. I think we're going to put it out on Thursday. So look out for that and do your research. See if you agree with this. You may not agree with what I have communicated here on this episode today, but please do your research and know what the laws are on the books. There are a lot of laws. And actually someone made a connection recently saying that we have passed a lot more laws to make it harder to obtain guns and violent crime has gone up. So that'll be interesting to see if there is a correlation between higher crime, more defined, and the introduction of more gun control laws. So I'm curious to see what will be the result of that as well. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcast player. We recommend Apple Podcasts, where over 60% of our listenership hails from. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, which don't really populate, but follow us on social media to make sure you never miss a beat or a guest announcement. You can also find us on CFAC's website under District of Conservation under my profile, Gabriella Hoffman, to catch up on all different past episodes there. If you like what you hear, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple or wherever podcasts are played. Share the links, leave your reviews, and tell your friends about the show. Thanks for listening today. Stay tuned for more District of Conservation episodes.